recoiled a step, forced back his head until he thought his throat skin would burst, and saw at last afar, bent angrily upon him, the red, violent face. Officer, he cried, as God is my witness, he had his hand upon it. God is a witness that cannot be sworn. If I interrupted your beat, said Mr. Hackett, a thousand pardons. I did so with the best intentions for you, for me, for the community at large. The policeman replied briefly to this. If you imagine that I have not your number, said Mr. Hackett, you are mistaken. I may be infirm, but my sight is excellent. Mr. Hackett sat down on the seat, still warm from the loving. "'Good evening, and thank you,' said Mr. Hackett. It was an old seat, low and worn. Mr. Hackett's nape rested against the solitary backboard. Beneath it, unimpeded, his hunch protruded. His feet just touched the ground." At the ends of the long, outspread arms, the hands held the armrests. The stick, hooked round his neck, hung between his knees. So, from the shadows, he watched the last trams pass. Oh, not the last, but almost. And in the sky, and in the still canal, the long greens and yellows of the summer evening. But now, A gentleman, passing, with a lady on his arm, espied him. "'Oh, my dear,' he said, "'there is Hackett.' "'Hackett?' said the lady. "'What Hackett? Where?' "'You know Hackett,' said the gentleman. "'You must have often heard me speak of Hackett. "'Hunchy Hackett. On the seat.' The lady looked attentively at Mr. Hackett. "'So that is Hackett,' she said. "'Yes.' said the gentleman. Poor fellow, she said. Oh, said the gentleman, let us now stop, do you mind, and wish him the time of evening. He advanced, exclaiming, My dear fellow, my dear fellow, how are you? Mr. Hackett raised his eyes from the dying day. My wife, cried the gentleman, meet my wife, my wife, Mr. Hackett. I have heard so much about you said the lady, and now I meet you at last, Mr. Hackett. I do not rise, not having the force, said Mr. Hackett. Why, I should think not indeed, said the lady. She stooped towards him, quivering with solicitude. I should hope not indeed, she said. Mr. Hackett thought she was going to pat him on the head, or at least stroke his hunch. He called in his arms, and they sat down beside him, the lady on the one side and the gentleman on the other. As a result of this, Mr. Hackett found himself between them. His head reached to the armpits. Their hands met above the hunch on the backboard. They drooped with tenderness towards him. "'You remember, Graham,' said Mr. Hackett. "'The poisoner,' said the gentleman. "'The solicitor,' said Mr. Hackett. I knew him slightly, said the gentleman. Six years, was it not? Seven, said Mr. Hackett. Six are rarely given. He deserved ten, in my opinion, said the gentleman. Or twelve, said Mr. Hackett. What did he do, said the lady? Slightly overstepped his prerogatives, said the gentleman. 
I received a letter from him this morning, said Mr. Hackett. Oh, said the gentleman, I did not know they might communicate with the outer world. He is a solicitor, said Mr. Hackett. He added, I am scarcely the outer world. What rubbish, said the gentleman. What nonsense, said the lady. The letter contained an enclosure, said Mr. Hackett, of which, knowing your love of literature, I would favour you with the premier, if it were not too dark to see. The premier, said the lady. That is what I said, said Mr. Hackett. I have a petrol lighter, said the gentleman. Mr. Hackett drew a paper from his pocket, and the gentleman lit his petrol lighter. Mr. Hackett read, "'To Nelly.' "'To Nelly,' said the lady. "'To Nelly.'